Hi, everyone, and welcome to Be True, my podcast about the writing I love and the writing I do. Hey, girl, I promise I won't rhyme the whole time. (laughs) It's my Barry White impression. I'm John Tessitore, and today, there is no bruise without blood from my little book, Body Songs. You can find it and all my work at johntessitore.com. Body Songs is a slim chapbook of poems and a few images about love. Romantic, erotic, love across genders and sexualities, courtly love, kinky love. For a thin volume, it really moves through a lot of the different varieties, as I do over the course of a normal day. I hope it's a joyful, sexy, life-affirming ride, however brief. And in that collection, today's poem, There Is No Bruise Without Blood, serves as a kind of bridge, maybe even a thesis. I remember writing it late in the game as I was putting the book together, and it has the feel of a summation. There is no bruise without blood, and no release without a harness. Our bodies, the only darkness that remains, the last mystery, a little pain, a few markings, a little proof of living. There is no sin here. Only self-expression. Saints are not special in their holy denials. They need leather. They need transgression. They need Eve to cross over to begin the lesson. I welcome her and Adam, if that is what it means to be fallen. I welcome every birth of freedom. I welcome every burst of creation. The skin is just the dawning. Our bodies, the only darkness that remains, the last mystery. That's the line that catches my attention today. It's a strange line. It reminds me of facing a group of mirrors in a tailor's shop or a dressing room in which you see your own image infinitely, but each time a little darker. Why are our bodies a mystery to ourselves? How do they become darker and less distinct, or worse, recessive? How can that be? I believe there's a lot of truth in that line, that our bodies are the last mystery. But there can only be truth in it if someone or something is blocking our access, making us less present, less clear, and more mysterious to ourselves. As, of course, there are many someones who are doing it at this very moment, or trying to. We live in an extraordinary time, actually. Sometimes it doesn't even seem possible as it's happening, how we are regressing at light speed. Whether it's a deeply unpopular Supreme Court acting without humility, or an aged, half-dead Congress acting without humility, or a censorship and book-banning campaign organized by the most ignorant fools among us, or one particular party's persecution of a population trying to live its own life as it chooses, we are currently witnessing a resurgence of real repression. And the point of that spear, as usual, is body mystification. Anytime someone like me makes this argument, he has to acknowledge that it's a thousand times worse for women, and that women have been fighting this repression for most of human history. Yes, We, men, we should have understood sooner. 
but here we are now. And the repression is widespread and out in the open. Your body is evil, and what you want or choose to do with it is worse, and the worst thing in the world, really and truly, worse than pollution or semi-automatic weapons in public spaces or an obscene wealth inequality or a corporate culture designed to absolve everyone from responsibility for everything, the worst thing is your nakedness and what you do with it. Boobies and peepees, they're the real enemy. Of course, it's all a distraction from the high-stakes game they're playing, the money and power game that requires us all to be clothed and passive, that controls our bodies from the outside while it regulates what we can do with them from the inside. The powerful feed us plastic and petroleum and other poisons without apology, send us into public spaces fearing gun violence when they sit on their hands, control what our eyes can see quite literally on Facebook, for example, with devastating political consequences. And yet, what we do, alone or with others, consensually, that's the fight. That's the distraction. That's where the public discourse takes us. It's insane and it's predictable. And so our bodies remain a mystery. Instead of a healthy self-possession, we are told to aspire to some kind of sainthood or martyrdom, a hypocritical, performative kind of perfection. And under that standard, none of us are ever good enough. I wouldn't even want to be good enough under that standard. But that too is part of the deception and part of the power play. Sainthood and martyrdom. The trouble with saints and martyrs is that they are only special when they live in contrast with our daily lives, when they are different from us. They are creatures of self-denial, which means they need to deny something. Therefore, they need us to love leather, which we do. And they need us to need our transgressions, which we do. And they need Eve to cross over, which she always does, in order to begin their lesson. To tell us we're wrong, and that we need to change, and that our need is sinful. Ingenious, really, they need to keep us in an almost constant state of conflict with ourselves, striving for the impossible, lest they lose their status. If we were comfortable with ourselves, in our own lives, in our own skin, we wouldn't need saints at all. Sainthood would have no meaning, or even better, it would seem like an absurdity, which it is. Have you ever read a hagiography? A life of a saint or a martyr? I love them as stories and use them frequently as stories in my life and writing, but with a few exceptions, they're crazy talk. Sometimes I imagine God reading a hagiography and saying, Really? That's what you think I mean? Yes, God sounds like Barry White. So I don't echo Nietzsche often, but in this I do. The whole system we live in, the system that forces us to deny ourselves in particular ways, including sexually, but not in other ways, as passive consumers, that system is designed to keep us in a state of discomfort, unsteady, uncertain, needy, ashamed, and dependent enough to buy things. But you know I like hope, and there's hope here. Because that system also means that our bodies can be a source of resistance, that we can take back some of our power simply by living fully, lovingly in our bodies, proudly, consensually, safely, privately or publicly, erotically, and most of all, nakedly. The last remaining mystery, our bodies, 
turns out to be a very stubborn source of opposition. They never quite get inside. They never quite change us permanently. And they've been trying for millennia. We are who we are. Physical creatures. Each of us here because two people fucked our bodies into existence or else used the fruits of fucking to make it happen. One way or another. Amen. And that's the key. In being true to ourselves, we take back some of our power. That's why they fear self-determination so much. Everything hangs on it. And that's why I welcome Eve and Adam, if that is what it means to be fallen. I welcome what they call sin when it is the moral choice. Sometimes the real purification we all need is not denial, but a Dionysian ecstasy. There's no shame in it. In fact, there's beauty in it, if love and joy are the results. The few heroes I have all have this in common, starting with Walt Whitman. They make us reevaluate what the powerful have declared dirty or filthy. They argue convincingly that some kinds of sin are in fact clean, even holy. And anyway, as yet another Long Island philosopher-poet, one William Martin Joel, once said, the sinners are much more fun. And so, in the hope that you enjoy a little proof of living today, in whatever way you wish, and stick it to the man as a happy byproduct, this is John Tessitore concluding another installment of Be True. If you've listened this long, thank you. You can find more about body songs and all my other work at johntessitore.com, but first, get yourself in the mood for love. I'm listening to Nina Simone today. I want a little sugar in my bowl. Mm. Special thanks to me for today's theme music, which I call A Chord. Maybe we'll talk again. And if you enjoy this little podcast, leave some stars or a review and tell your friends. In the meantime, I gotta feed the dog. All right, Luna, I'm coming. Mm.